Hey, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? I am the Pody. You're listening to This Week in Sports. It is Friday, March 12th, 2021. It's about 9.30 in the evening here in Jersey. I had a long day. Um, I posted a tweet earlier saying that I was going to get this out. I was going to get this episode produced, but um, it would take some time because I had work. Then I had softball practice. Then I had to rush home to watch Rutgers basketball. And what a disappointing game that was. Let's just keep this short and simple. Rutgers getting absolutely annihilated 90 to 68. It was a rough go for the Scarlet Knights from the get-go, from the jump, really. Three straight turnovers to start the game. Um, I will say this one thing. I don't want to harp on it, but I was fuming. My voice is almost shot here. Um, But the ref, the officiating in this game... Um, if you follow Rutgers, if you follow the Big Ten, you know Stephen Bardo has even said it, um, how bad the officiating has been against Rutgers, in particular Miles Johnson getting a lot of bogus foul calls against him. Well, tonight was no different. The, dispar- uh, the disparity in free throws, the disparity in fouls called, uh, Illinois was in the bonus, okay, shooting one and one, Nine minutes into the game, so 11 minutes left in the half, they were shooting free throws. Just just abysmal officiating. Um, Kofi Coburn, yes, he's one of the better big men in the game in college basketball, but he was. there was a couple offensive boards he got where he was clearly pushing guys over the backs, at easy dunks, easy lay-ins, and they weren't calling any of it. But Miles Johnson... Um, is going up strong with some blocks, and they're calling ticky-tack fouls on one end that they're not calling on another end. And then late in the game, the icing on the cake is um, a a flagrant two foul was called against Caleb McConnell, and it was the most egregious call of the season, okay? He was getting pushed from behind by the defender under the basket, and he put his hand out, as a defender does, to kind of box out and push guys away. And he happened to push um, uh, the one guy on Illinois, um, what's his name, um, Curbelo, okay? He pushes Andre Curbelo in, um, you know, in his nether regions, okay, where the sun don't, sun don't shine, and it there was nothing, there was no ill will, no malice or intent whatsoever, he just, nobody puts their hand there on purpose unless you're going in and you're physically fighting a guy and, and, and trying to punch him or get a cheap shot, and that's not the case, he was, there was no intention of that whatsoever, they give McConnell the flagrant two, and he gets ejected, the refs were unhinged in this game, yes, Rutgers was off. Yes, Geo Baker was terrible, one for five from three. Rutgers didn't really shoot the ball a whole lot in this game. I don't know what's gotten into Rutgers. They love to do a whole lot of dribbling. Um, Jacob Young, five turnovers, looked horrific in this game, and they couldn't get anything going. Um, Ron Harper Jr. had a decent game, 21 points, uh, pretty good game. He was driving to the hole, getting some easy buckets for, uh, for a change instead of just relying on the outside shot. But Rutgers lately... Too much uh, one-on-one dribbling, trying to drive into the lane, just not smart uh, IQ basketball. Um, Like I said, I don't want to harp on it, but after the the nice win against Indiana, they get bounced. They they should be a lock for Selection Sunday, just a matter of where they will fit, what seed they will get. I'm personally projecting anywhere from an 8 to about an 11 seed. Um. You know, they got the one win last night in the Big Ten, so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if if they can, you know, somehow get that 8-9 seed, but I think more than likely they'll be closer to a 9-10 or 11 seed. Um, so, yeah, Rutgers bounced fairly quickly in this one. It was over before it started. 
All right, with that being said, let's just dive right in, recap the weekend a little bit. So we kick things off with UFC 259, literally. Um, There were three belts available on Saturday night in Vegas. The first bout, we saw Aljamain Sterling taking on Peter Yan for the bantamweight belt. The champion being Yan, a very good fighter, As predicted, he was in total control of this round. We pick it up in the final 30 seconds of the fourth round where Jan floored Sterling with a brutal and extremely illegal knee to the head. It was called, it was picked up immediately by the announcers. Take a listen. You acknowledged him? Yeah. I mean... And that would mean that if this fight is stopped, Aljamain Sterling would be the new champion. Now, if if that's illegal, and it is. So there you have it. It was just totally um, unnecessary. He did not need to do that, but um, he was disqualified from the fight. Um, It sucks for Jan because he was absolutely dominating, winning two of the three cards, and was also dominating in that fourth in that fourth round. Um, on the other hand, Sterling has now won six straight fights to improve to 20 and 3, 12 and 3 in the UFC, while Jan drops to 15 and 2. It was the first time a UFC belt had ever changed hands due to a disqualification. Kind of shocking. In other top action, sat with my voice. Uh, That's from all the yelling I did uh, during the Rutgers game. In other top action Saturday night, you had Amanda Nunes, just an absolute beast. She's the best, uh, easily the best female fighter um, I've ever seen and probably ever. She wastes little time defending her title, dispatching Megan Anderson by submission via the arm bar. Two minutes and three seconds into the first round, she improved to 21-4 and four in MMA, 14-1 and one in UFC, while Anderson drops to 10-5 and five in uh, MMA and 3-3 three and three in the UFC. This was a featherweight title bout, of course, but Nunez also holds the bantamweight belt as well as a 12-fight sh- uh, winning streak that includes uh, wins against Ronda Rousey, Holly Holm, Chris Cyborg, who isn't even, you know, really a woman, um, and Valentina Shevchenko among her victims. Just ridiculous, easily the best fighter. Uh, Nunez has um, had this to say afterwards. I guess she just became a mother. So uh, take a listen to this scary stuff. It's like the lion is always dangerous, but when she have a baby, nobody can stop her. So you're more dangerous now? I'm more dangerous now. With my little girl, so nobody's going to stop me. I'm going to retire undefeated and with the two belts at home. Mm. Yeah, so you heard her. Um, scary. I would not I would not want to fight her moving forward. I know she's getting up there in age and whatnot, but man, whew, she she's legit. Um, then in the nightcap, real quick, um, you had Jan... Blackowitz, or however you want to say uh, the the name, uh, the the Polish guy there, Um, he holds on to his light heavyweight belt by winning a unanimous decision over Israel Adesanya. Um, Some great audio here because um, Adesanya, uh, he was fighting up in weight um, by a a good margin. But here here is um, him afterwards. Uh, let me see. I think I went too far. Yeah, take a listen. Yeah, it didn't go exactly the way I wanted to go, but, you know, dare to be great. You know, the critics and the ones on the sidelines, but I'm the one putting it on the line. Clearly. Yeah, definitely. Now, your decision also to go up very quickly and not put on any weight. Did, did you question that at all when he was Never. on top of you? Never. That Never. was just my my legs being fatigued. Um I don't know what from, but I'll have to watch the tape. But, um, yeah, I knew what to do, and I was trying to do it. The size did play a factor, but my technique could have been a lot finer. Um, yeah, he made me look like I had a bodyguard, but I promise you, it's not, you know, it's just it's like a bad day in the gym. 
Yeah, dare to be to be great. I love that line. Like I said, he was not scared. He did not shy away moving up in that weight class because he wants to prove his greatness. And he put up a hell of a fight. He went the distance. Uh, just impressive stuff. But my man, Bruce Buffer, I've got to give him uh, a little shout out and play some audio of him announcing uh, Jan as the winner because he just does a friggin' magnificent job announcing. And still, the undisputed UFC light heavyweight champion of the world, the pride of Poland, Jan Blachowicz. So yeah, the guy's name is like Jan Blachowicz, something like that, but uh, he does it much better than I do. Just that guy is an absolute animal when it comes, his energy, his enthusiasm, uh, man, just Great stuff, great story. Him and his brother um, both do uh, ringside um, announcing like that. Um, just, wow, he, he's he's something else. I could just watch clips of him um, calling out guys' names or, or you know, um, introducing them or, or, or calling the winners. He, he's magnificent in that respect. Um, okay, let's move right along. We had All-Star Weekend. Um, we had the skills challenge, we had the three-point contest, the dunk contest, and the all-star game. So let's jump right in here. Things kicking off with the Taco Bell skills challenge. Man, hungry thinking about that. But yeah, you had the Taco Bell skills challenge. And in a um, skills challenge, which is supposed to be geared towards the guards, they started allowing the big men into this game, your power forwards, your centers. Um, I think really the first time we saw this was when Carl Anthony Towns won the skills challenge. It was like, wow, okay, starting to see this turnover in the NBA where these big time, you know, where these centers are not like Shaquille O'Neal where they can actually handle the ball and knock down the three. And then we, we started to slowly see this almost turn into a big man uh, contest where a lot of these bigs are winning. And it was no different um, on Saturday or Sunday night because we had – um, this happened in the skills competition. Give me some Bush, bitch. Get him up out of here, Yacht Yacht. Oh, oh give me one Bush. No, that's all. No, give me one Bush. Who's got oh, two ones? Come on, Bush. Yeah, there it is for Sabonis. Sabonis. Wow. Bush had too much art. Bush is rushing. I told you. So you had DeMontis, Sabonis. The first two rounds through this, Sabonis was absolutely flawless. Got around the cones, made the chest pass flawlessly, didn't miss it once. Then the other end hits the layup, comes back, hit the three. The first two rounds, he did not miss either time. Um, and then the third round, the nerves got to both guys, him and Vucevic, and they were missing trading barbs back and forth with the missed threes. And then Sabonis, because he doesn't have as high of an arc, um, you saw Vucevic get the shot off before him, but Sabonis's ball got there before uh, Vucevic, and he made the three. Vucevic didn't, you know, clanked his off the back of the rim, but he had a better chance because he was shooting those more, more of a line drive Um arcing shot so uh yeah that was fun um to see them compete in that then you know of course my um favorite competition being the Mountain Dew three-point contest um in which Jason Tatum got off to a strong start finishing four for five from his uh first rack and tallying a solid 25 points then Mike Conley who was the alternate stepping in for Devin Booker. I believe I read, too, that he is the um, oldest guy, so for like 14th year in the league, I think it is, um, to get to make his first All-Star team that far deep into his career. Um, so that was that was an interesting stat. That, that'll be a trivia question, I'm sure, sometime down the road. Um, so, uh, yeah, he got off to a strong start. Late addition to this contest as well, because Devin Booker not only made the All-Star team, but he was in this contest. He booked his spot in the finals with 28 points to uh, start off the first round. So you had six guys shooting. You had three moving on to the finals, and you had two Mountain Dew shots that were um, like 28-ish, 29 feet out. Um, and, of course, that was your Steph Curry shot. 
Um, then, of course, speaking of Steph, we can't forget him because he is the greatest shooter of all time. Set this first round on fire, Steph. Oh, he, he, he's warm now. All it takes is one for him to go in. Once one goes in, man. We need 30, Reds. No, come on, man. This is ridiculous, man. He's a video game. Yeah, this is a video game. Let's see what he's going to do on the mountain, dude. He's a video game. Look at this. He missed his come first two. He doesn't miss oh, him. He's a video game, bro. We need 30. He's a video game. See, this puts the fear in your competitors out here. This puts the fear. Okay, say no more, man. He got 22 at the top of the key. Oh, my gosh. Come on. you kidding me? That's what it feel like. Oh, my God. What do you got? 17? Oh, he got 17. 17. It's, but here's his money rack. Right here. uh, he here's his money rack. Right it's here. not even fair. Man. Uh, he should play. He got to shoot one left-handed <laughs> and keep, it, keep the field even, man. Oh, my goodness. Uh, where's Clay Thompson when you need him? Oh, my goodness. That would have been an easy 30 round. Oh, my no, God. he's still going to get it. D-Wade, he's still going to get it. Come on, bro. He's still going to get it, D-Wade. This is ridiculous. It's too easy, man. Jack. It's too easy. 30. Come on, man. Jack, that's too easy. Come on, man. How fun is that? Just listening how to how giddy these pros are, former pros. You've got Shaq, Kenny, Reggie, D. Wade. I mean, they're all just absolutely loving it. Talking about, I mean, Reggie Miller, one of the best three-point shooters that the game has ever seen. And he's saying that Steph's got to shoot lefty like because it's so unfair. So he came out strong, 30 points. Um, rumor has it he pulled a Larry Bird and asked all the guys competing, the other five guys, who's shooting for second. Got to love that confidence. Got to love that confidence. Uh, Mike Conley made a run of this in the finals with 27 uh, Tatum, I think, finished with like 17. He cooled down, um, got a little tired. And then... Of course, you had Steph Curry going last for the win. That's only the money ball out of the man, first rack. Oh, he's back on. He's locked and loaded now. I uh, got too happy. He got locked and loaded. He got locked in. He got too happy. He got locked in. Yeah, but he, he's got to make one of these uh, three balls too, though. Uh, there it is. Okay. Is that okay. what you'd like to see? So he's sitting on nine. Oh, he might lose this, man. No, nope. his money rack is coming up. Oh, that's right. I forgot. My bad. His money rack is coming up. Uh, he's still gonna get he needs these money balls. He needs four or five of these at this money rack. He's still going to get oh, 31. Oh, 15 with the Mountain Dew ball. He still uh, gets 31. Uh, come on now. Let's see it. 28. 28. This, see, this is a heartbreaker for Utah That's fans. 23 going uh, to the last rack. He's got to hit them all. No, he doesn't. Not all of them. Oh, he can't miss now. Oh, he got to make this. He got to make this. We got to No, he got him. He got him. He got him. I told you 28. 28. 28. He got him. Oh, got him. Who is shooting for second? Steph making his final couple shots on that last and final rack to get the win, 28-27. It's his second uh, three-point contest win in, like, I think, like, seven tries. That's not great numbers, but, I mean, he's more of an off-ball shooter, but still just absolutely freaking ridiculous. Hits both Mountain Dew uh, shots, which he needed desperately to win that. Just, I mean, give the guy props where, where credit is due. I mean, just absolutely freaking ridiculous, this guy. Um Okay, uh, next up, you had the All-Star Game and the Slam Dunk Contest, which was at halftime of the All-Star Game. I'll recap the All-Star Game real quick because this thing got boring real quick. Um, quick note, there was an incident with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. They were ruled out, did not play in the All-Star Game because their barber that they both used prior or over the weekend or whatever uh, tested positive for COVID. Nobody else 
on either team or there was no spread or any incident where, or anything like that. So those two guys had to sit out with Team KD already down Kevin Durant. This was a huge blow to be without Joel Embiid. That was two of their five starters right there. Um, so I originally picked Team KD to win this thing, but after after this, I mean, forget it. Embiid is at an MVP level this year. He's, I believe, the front runner to win it. Although a lot of people are throwing James Harden's name in, uh, in in the you know in the hat now, um, but still, without Embiid and KD, they had no chance. So my prediction was out the window at that point. And then shocker, um, I think Team LeBron has won like four straight years since he's been a team captain. Um, Giannis was your MVP finishing 16 for 16. Oh my God. I mean, that's not a joke. That's not a misprint. Um, no, he finished 16 for 16, didn't miss a shot. Three for three from downtown, including two of those via the bank. So, uh, you know, the bank is usually not open on Sundays, but apparently it was for Giannis. Uh, he even, yeah. So anyway, um, and then let's get to the slam dunk competition. If you guys recall, um, which you should, let's see if I have it here somewhere. I think I do. Um, I do. Hold on. Gonna be with just three guys. Toppin's a rookie. Um, my pick, honestly, is gonna be Anthony Anthony Simons. Um, yeah, so you guys remember that was a week ago. My prediction was Anthony Simons to win the three-point competition. I talked about how this kid has got some serious ups, and I was not wrong. Um, although Cassius Stanley got a little robbed. That first dunk should have probably been a 50. Um, he didn't get it. Uh, I'm not going to play the audio of all these because I want to get through this quickly. But Anthony Simons, uh, the first guy's two guys goes go, but then Simons brings out the creativity. He's wearing the T-Mac jersey, um, pay homage to his Raptor days there um, t for T-Mac. Obviously a great player, and I'm going to have to decline that, so I apologize. My brother is calling me, and I don't know why, um, but anyway... Oh, that's just freaking beautiful. Um, and that's why, ladies and gentlemen, you record on multiple different devices because now I'm going to have to transfer this from my Rodecaster Pro. But anyway, we will continue on with this and I will just get that out of the way and bring in my, um, my notes here. So anyway, um, yes, I predicted Simons to win it. And he, in fact, did. He gets to the finals. Um, it was him and Obi Toppin, although Obi had some cool dunks. Let me see. Let me play one or two of these, actually, because um, they're not that long, these dunks. Um, here we go. Whoops. Let me go back. Uh, here we go. Tell everybody around the world, when you're chasing me on the fast break, D-Wade, don't jump. He's, he's going to the Tracy McGrady jersey. Uh, big fan of the 2000 slam dunk competition. I got a question for you, Kenny, after this dunk. Okay, Ooh. I like that. I like that'll, that. Get him, that'll get him to the next round. Kenny, question. Yes. Do you have dunks prepared, like yes. this first dunk, second dunk, or do you just... All right, that was his first dunk. Here was a cool one from Obi Top, and this was his first. I mean, these the audio doesn't do these justice. Um, just but you have to visualize it. But yes, that's a ten. That's a ten. Kenny, stop it, Kenny. Kenny, you can't miss. Oh, Kenny, you know what, Kenny? You can't miss a dunk. And what I'm talking about? What these guys are giving out? That was pretty funny. Um. Kenny was all night long. They were they they couldn't agree on, on the scores to give, and it was funny because obviously Shaq knows how to dunk and knows knows what's up there. But uh, that that was pretty funny. Tr those guys trading barbs on the scores and whatnot. And then of course you have Anthony Simons. This was his dunk that won it. He tried to again. He had the great creativity. He puts the little um pop shot little uh 
um, basket, you know, the one you stick on the back of your door in your house, whatever the kids play with. And it was a suction cup one on the backboard. And he went up, he grabbed, he grabbed the ball off of there and he was going to kiss the rim. But of course, if he got too close, um, he would have bashed his head in or whatever. So he goes up there and in slow motion, it looks so, it looks so great. He goes up there, pretends to to blow a kit, you know, to kiss the rim and then pulls his head back so he doesn't hit it and he yams it down. That it was awesome. I got if he didn't kiss it, it's just a regular dunk. But if he kisses it, no, he kiss, it. kiss it. Let me see you kiss it. Oh he kissed it. He almost kissed it. He almost kissed it. He almost kissed it. Oh, this is a I would have put a mouthpiece in and kissed yeah, it. Yeah, I would have put a mouthpiece in and kissed it. That's not bad. That's that's crazy though. The that hops. looks better in slow motion. The hops I didn't know he get up that high. Uh, I didn't know he get up that high. Yeah. He, he. Hey. See, you can tell by the reaction. They they don't realize how good of a dunk it is until they see the replay and the slow mo really does this thing justice. So if you didn't get a chance to see it, go check out that that dunk. But um, yeah, my guy Anthony Simons, as I predicted won the dunk competition. I tried to bet on this earlier in the day. I could not find the option for the dunk contest. I saw the skills and the three-point contest, but I couldn't find the dunk contest, so I ended up not betting on it, unfortunately. Um, Probably dumb on my part. It was probably, you know, my fault that I couldn't find it, but they didn't make it easy. I don't know if it wasn't live yet or what, but just um, that was a little bit weird, and it pissed me off just a little bit. Okay, moving on, let's talk a little bit of um, golf. Bryson DeChambeau outlasting Lee Westwood to win the Arnold Palmer Invitational. He held him off on the back nine. It's his first victory since the U.S. Open in September. Only th- This is surprising. Only three players shot under par on Sunday, and DeChambeau didn't make a bogey over his final 17 holes. Uh, I, could, I couldn't even imagine like doing that in in real life like per, me personally knowing my golf game I'm just happy when I bogey a hole and, and this guy um you know I'm lucky if I get a like two pars in a round or or a, a cup maybe one birdie you know and a couple pars but god these guys are just ridiculous um he equaled the low round of the day with a one under par 71 it's his eighth career PGA Tour win moving to the top of the FedEx Cup standings and of course of course Bryson uh, made a show of things hitting a couple 370 yard plus drives um over I forget which hole it was but over he went for the just moonshot over the water just absolute bombs, and of course, there's been fans there, so so that was cool to watch. I'll have more on the golf a little bit later. Uh, let's talk. I don't give uh, women's basketball much credit or college basketball, but Paige Buchers, she is the best player in Division One right now. The freshman in the Big East um, at UConn, of course, um, she becomes the first freshman in Big East history to win Conference Player of the Year and the tournament's most outstanding player in the same season. It was the ninth instance of a player winning both in the same season and the first since Maya Moore in 2010-11 season. Uh, Maya Moore, um, I just saw she's not going to play this year in the WNBA. She's been out now a few years. Um, her whole thing was trying to get this guy out of jail that she end, uh, who was wrongfully convicted, who she ended up marrying. But I mean, at, like, is she an activist now? Is she not going to play basketball? I just think it's a shame because she was at you know peak performance, one of the you know top five best female basketball players like in her sport. So it's just it's weird that for, personally, I just don't understand. And to each their own, like, I'm not saying any one way is right or wrong, but, like, for me personally, I just, I am so ingrained and so passionate about sports, I could never imagine giving it up um, to do anything else, like, as a career. Like, you have such a short window from about your 20s up to maybe, like, your mid to late 40s to play at the highest level possible and to just waste some of those years. That's like why that's why I, I kind of bashed the guys that sat out the baseball season last year. Um, 
because it's like, man, that's one year of your career that you're never going to get back. So, wow. Um, yeah, um, Bukers also led the Huskies in scoring 19.6 points per game, assists 6.2, and steals 2.3. Oh, I just got some breaking news. Joel Embiid exits game against Wizards. He suffered an apparent knee injury in the third quarter. He did walk off on his own, but we've seen that before with ACLs and whatnot. You do walk off on your own. And I've been so busy with college basketball today, totally forgot like that there's NBA is on right now. Oh, nice. My fantasy team is looking like crap. Um, nice. Five minutes left to go in the game. Jamal Murray is one for 13 with three points, three rebounds, three assists, two steals. Awesome, Jamal Murray. Uh, just awesome. Um, that's great. Okay. Um, anyway, moving on. Blake Griffin signed with the Nets over the weekend. It didn't officially, uh, it didn't become official until Monday, but, um, he was bought out by the Pistons. I think I talked about that last week's on last week's episode on Friday, bought out by the Pistons on March 5th. It was announced Sunday that he was signing with the Nets. Um, James Harden, he was at his, uh, zoom conference for the all-star game and it was brought up that the Nets were signing him and he kind of didn't know. Here's his reaction. Uh, James, I'm, I'm going to follow up on that. I'm just saying that I've had it totally confirmed to me, uh, that he's agreed from a really good source <laughs> i mean you know a top nba source <laughs> so do this to you i hate to do this to you but it's certain it's a, i'm absolutely certain he's joining you so it's not a um all right you got me Greg. all right you got me um yeah, he's, uh, you know, he just, I'm, I'm sure he wants to win. You know, if he's passed upon money, you know, to obviously stay, you know, in Detroit, he wants to win and he wants to have his, an opportunity to play uh, meaningful minutes. And, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that's one of the reasons why he came. Uh, obviously, we know, you know, the athletic and high jumping Blake, but I think as of these, you know, last couple of years, he's, he's knocking down the three ball a little bit better. A ball handling is a lot better, and he can be a great uh, contribution to this team. So, uh, if the if your sources are correct, then we'd be more than welcome and excited to have him on our Brooklyn Nets team. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know if Harden knew because he 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 uh, turned over, he turned and then spoke to somebody. I don't know if it was a Nets personnel guy or whoever it was. Um, and basically the guys, I, I could hear the guy in the background say, yeah, you could talk about it if you want. And I, I want to say that might've been, uh, Bill Simmons from, um, the ringer former ESPN guy. Um, but that, that's, that's what it sounded like. Um, or whose voice that sounded like, uh, asking the question there over zoom. And then one quick note, of course, Kyrie Irving, like as good as he is, he has to start with the antics. Every player was supposed to have a Zoom conference for the All-Star game, and Kyrie was the only one that didn't show up, um, and who knows why, but let's move on. Um, Monday, also, we finally found out that Dak Prescott got paid um, a hefty price tag Jerry Jones had to pay. Probably would have been less if he just paid him um, a year ago, um, and it looks worse now because he, uh, you know, the severe injury he he sustained last season. But the deal is four years, hundred sixty million dollars. Excuse me, with a record one hundred and twenty six million in guaranteed money. The first three years average out to forty two million per. I mean, just unfathomable amounts of money that I will never see in my lifetime unless I win a lottery. Uh, the deal can ultimately be worth $164 million and includes $66 million to sign and 70, uh, excuse me, $75 million in year one. That is the most in NFL history. Um, had the Cowboys slapped the tag, the uh, franchise tag, on Dak, he would have earned $37.1 million this year, and they would have lost leverage, of course, 
because he would have faced a third straight franchise tag at an unmanageable $54 million. Could you imagine? Or faced free agency, of course, following uh, next uh, this season. Um, and, you know, I mean, if you're Dak Prescott, you have got to be feeling good, got to be feeling um, appreciated and secure in the bag, baby. Tell them to bring me my money. Um, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, Embiid will undergo an MRI. Okay, obviously. Um, God, my brother keeps freaking calling me. I would love to just answer it and record it on here right now, but I'm sure it's gonna. He's gonna be talking about um either the NFTs on Top Shot because he's just sending me pictures of them. Um, hold on, let me just text him. Hold on. And, of course, I, I have my phone connected, so that's why you're hearing the call uh, coming in. That was twice now, but I told him I'll call him back in, like, 20 minutes. So we'll finish this thing up, and then uh, we'll get on with it. Uh, let's see. Where are we at here? Okay. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, Dak, he's finally paid. Okay. Um, here's a story that... I almost broke on Friday's episode. Um, my brother is asking me if I want to golf tomorrow. I ain't walking. He wants to know if I'll walk. I ain't walking. I don't. I'm a prima donna when it comes to golfing. Okay, I pay to ride a cart that to me that's part of the experience you know you get to weave it the cart in and out go fast you know it's a good time out there and you don't have to worry he wants to walk walk hell no um this is so unprofessional of me um oh shit uh, autocorrect. Okay, so here's the story that I almost broke a week ago, but I decided um, to use my journalistic integrity, if you will, and, and, and just step back, wait till all the facts come out, um, and then make a decision. And it was better that I waited because more, uh, more light was shed on this in the in in the coming days since last Friday. So. Here's what happened. Reports were released last week detailing allegations that Les Miles, uh, back when he was at LSU, I want to say around 2013, that he sexually harassed female student employees um, at LSU. And according to the report, Miles, quote, attempted to sexualize the staff of student workers in the football program demanding that he wanted blondes with big boobs and pretty girls. He also exchanged numbers with a female student, offering her, offering to help her with her career and suggesting to that same woman that they meet up at a hotel or his condo. The female student alleges that he kissed her twice. Of course, Les Miles denied the allegations, um, Wow. Uh, the LSU AD at the time, Joe Oliva, uh, recommended that he be fired for cause in 2013 after an internal investigation. But of course, that did not happen. Miles, who joined the Tigers in 05, continued coaching until September 2016 when he was fired after a 2-2 two and two start. Why? Because when you're winning and you're at the top of the sport, everything gets brushed under the rug a la Rick Pitino at uh, Louisville. But here's the interesting thing. Now, I know she's these are students, females. You might feel intimidated by the coach. He's kind of your boss because you're working for the team and you're trying to build um, uh, you know, a resume and trying to build a career here and maybe in journalism or sports medicine, whatever you're, you're doing for the team, right? Why would you give the coach your phone number, number one, 
And why would you like go to his condo? I'm not saying like you had this coming or anything like that because you're a victim, whether you know it happened or not. Let's just say it did. Um, but you're you you kind of need to use some common sense here and, and realize that a guy asks you to come over to his place to uh you know go over some things and and work on on furthering your career. That's like just ask. He's basically asking you over and telling you that if you say you're accepting an invitation to come over and and have sex with me, essentially. Um, so I just it it it's almost so like unbelievable to to, to think that this could have happened. That it almost sounds so fake. Um, but again, I'm not speculating anything either way. Uh, we're going to wait and see what comes of this. He was fired. Um, uh, they agreed to mutually part ways at Kansas, but things at Kansas were just not, uh, molding. They were not gelling. They were not manifesting there. He, he, things were just not progressing the way I'm sure he would have liked or, or Kansas would have liked, but wow, just some crazy, crazy, uh, allegations there. Okay, Gonzaga, they received a scare from BYU. I haven't watched, I have to admit, I haven't watched a lot of um, Gonzaga, and this was probably their worst performance of the year, um, even though they end up getting the win in the uh, West Coast Conference uh, title game. Um, finishing the season undefeated, they pushed the consecutive double-digit win streak to 23 games. But I will say Gonzaga is a little bit lackadaisical on the defensive end they're not a they're not a they're not a, a an elite defensive team that that's the knock on them um and not only that but they didn't look to me like they had a whole lot of size i know the kid harms um the the, the grad transfer from purdue that i couldn't stand and you know ruck when Rutgers played them and he's always doing the hair flips and stuff, he gave them some trouble, but that, that guy for his, the you know, what is he seven, two or whatever? He, he's not, he's not that good either. He misses too many uh, buckets um, inside that he should make bunnies, if you will. But, um, but ultimately uh, what is it? Jalen Suggs, the freshman there at, at, at Gonzaga, he's an absolute stud. I think he had 25 and eight just, I mean, we'll be watching him in the NBA next season. But, uh, yeah, the, the uh, Zags, they push that streak. They win. They are It's the longest such streak by any D1 team in the past 60 years. Gonzaga is also the only D1 team in the past 25 years to allow 50-plus points in the first half of a conference title game and still win the game. Yikes, that's a little scary. Okay, interesting one here. ESPN and the N8 uh, and NHL. The NHL agreed to a seven-year broadcast deal. Um, so NBC's contract with the league ends after this season. They're still going to have um, a role with the NHL, but but uh, uh, ESPN will be broadcasting some games now on like ESPN Plus and all that good stuff. The move gives ESPN the rights to broadcast. Oh yeah, four Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, starting in 2022 up to uh, through 2028. So that's pretty cool. And then some um, a, a big storyline this week was um, the incident with uh, the Heat's uh, Miles Myers Leonard uh, center for the for the um, Miami Heat. And if you don't follow the NBA like religiously, or if you're not a Heat fan and you only maybe follow your one team, you might not know who Myers Leonard is. He made some waves last year in the bubble. I don't know if it was the NBA Finals or what, but he was the only player on the court at one point during one of the games to stand while everyone else was kneeling. And it came out, you know, his brother's in the military. He respects the flag, all that good stuff. And he got a lot of good press and whatnot for that. Well, here's what happened. Um... He was on a live stream on Twitch playing Call of Duty. So if you don't know any of this, what any of this is, the big fad nowadays is these gamers make hundreds of thousands of dollars with sponsorship deals and whatnot. Um, and you have Ninja, who just is a millionaire off of 
this stuff. And kids, middle school, high school, you, these kids love to watch these live streams. They don't they don't play video game. They play video games too, but they it's like they love to just watch these gamers play. And basically, it's you know a camera of them playing um, in the corner, and then it's it's the game and they talk about it and they're playing, you know, streaming with other players and, and top gamers and whatnot. So Myers Leonard was streaming with another um, guy. I don't know who he was. Maybe he was, uh, you know, a famous uh, guy, a streamer and this was live. So anybody on Twitch could watch it. And what happened was there was an incident and I get passionate when I'm playing video games too. And so does everybody. And you say things that you don't mean there's no malice or ill will towards anyone when you say it. I've heard everything in the book. I'm going to kill you and this and that, which apparently is what Jawan Howard said today to Mark Turgeon when he was ejected in their 13-point win over Maryland. Um, according to Maryland, uh, Jawan Howard said, I'm going to effing kill you, something to that effect. Um, but again, there's no meaning behind that. There's no actual threat there. Um, I'm not discounting what he said so my Myers Leonard used an anti-semitic slur against Jew, Jewish people um the k-word I'm not gonna say it obviously um but he said that word and truthfully I've heard that word as well on Call of Duty um because that's one of the games I play the most and that's one of those that's really frustrating and when you get in those game chats everybody yells at each other um a lot of testosterone brewing in there and it's just it's the thing to do is just talk talk so much smack to the other players, right? And I've heard that word, and 100% true. Um, I can't remember if I've said the word before, um, but if I had, I I promise you, I had to look this word up because I did not know the meaning of it. True story, I really didn't, and that's just ignorance on my part. He said the same exact thing in his statement on IG, uh, Instagram. While I didn't know what the word meant at the time, my ignorance about its history and how offensive it is to the Jewish community is absolutely not an excuse, and I was just wrong. I promise to do better and know that my future actions will be more powerful than my use of this word. A lot of people said that was a BS um, apology. I mean, if he didn't know what the word was and he used it, that's just, that's him, that's what he said. That's, you have to take it at face value. Um, I didn't know what it meant truthfully either, like what it really meant. Um, I knew it was a bad word in some form. I just didn't know how bad. Um, and it's one of those words, it's not like the N-word or some of those other words that you've heard. It's one of those that is lesser known. Um so as of right now, the organization has announced that he will be away from the team indefinitely. The Heat are owned by a uh, Jewish owner. Um, so that's another wrinkle to this whole thing. But we'll see what, what comes of this NBA investigation and whether Myers Leonard ever plays in the NBA again. I'm sure the Heat will probably release him sometime shortly. Okay, just recently talked about the Kansas story. Well, yesterday, A.D. Jeff Long made the decision to step down. Okay, interesting, right? They basically fire Les Miles, and then two days later, Jeff Long, the athletic director, is now stepping down, air quotes. Yeah, he's stepping down because you're the one that hired him, and you didn't know that this happened at LSU, so it's a bad image, it's a bad look. Somebody somebody had to pay the price, and this is what um this is who it was. Um he avoided questions about his job status did long in a news conference on Tuesday, saying he would focus on the student athletes. And of course, you know, it helps that you can just, you know, mutually part ways when uh you reach a settlement where you will be paid $1.375 million by Kansas. So, um, yeah, not too shabby there. Um, Kurt Watson, don't know who that is, but he was probably assistant AD. He will act as the interim in the short term while Kansas looks to permanently fill the position in the coming weeks. Of course, they will need an athletic director before they hire a new football coach, which they also um, announced. Okay, the Spurs and LaMarcus Aldridge, they agreed to mutually part ways. 
Um, he's 35 now, playing played six seasons with the Spurs. He's averaging career low 13.7 points at uh, 4.5 rebounds in 25.9 minutes. That's his lowest since his rookie season. He's in the final season of his contract, making $24 million. He never really quite um, fit in with the Spurs. I mean, he had a couple of nice seasons there, but huge shoes to fill. Of course, you know, Tim Duncan, greatest power forward of all time, possibly. Um, and just they couldn't make it work. The trade deadline in the NBA is on the 25th of this month, but he could also be bought out by the Spurs and signed by a contender for a veteran's minimum. That will probably happen. The Nets are set, so they're out of the picture. Look for a team like maybe the Lakers, depending on Anthony Davis's status. Um, the Clippers, you know, all the all the usual suspects, maybe the Heat, um, the Sixers, stuff like that. I mean, Sixers could use him immediately right now with this news of um, MB going down. Okay, um, yesterday I saw some disturbing footage from the New York Mets. You cannot make this stuff up. It's one thing to manifest and 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 visualize success and all that stuff. It's another to to to, to I mean make fools of yourselves. I, I, this is just buffoonery. So yesterday in practice, um the Mets Mets manager Luis Rojas wanted them to basically uh practice winning a World Series, if you will. So a ball was hit. Conforto, I think, made the final out, and they pretended like they just made the last out in the World Series. They threw their gloves up in the air and ran towards the middle of the field like they were actually practicing winning a World Series. I've never in my life heard of such a thing. It is so Mets-like for a team that hasn't won a World Series in friggin' 25, uh, what am I saying, 25 years, in like, friggin' uh, 40-something years, right? What was it, uh, 86 or whatever? Um, close a couple times, of course, got there um, in, what, 2000 Subway Series. Um, and then, of course, in 2015 or 14 against the Royals. But, I mean, seriously, this is just, I mean, do you see the Yankees, a team that's won 27 World Series championships, do, do the Yankees practice celebrating a World Series? Uh, no. You just put in hard work and, and expect it. You expect greatness. You don't need to practice it. My goodness. Where's where's, where's the Allen Iverson uh, uh, clip? Where, talking about practice? We're talking about practice. You know, like seriously? Um, but again, I will say this, this thing. If... The Mets actually do win the World Series. I'll feel like an absolute um, idiot, but um, I I'd bet my life savings that that's not going to happen. But wow, just a bad bad look by the Mets. You can't make this stuff up. Okay, the NBA did return this week. We had a pair of games on TNT last night. The first being my Brooklyn Nets facing off against the Celtics. These two teams uh, played each other to start the season. On Christmas Day, the Nets winning last night 121 to 109, improving to 25 and 13 on the season, half a game behind the Sixers, who also won last night. Kyrie Irving recording his fifth 40 point game with the Nets. He ties Bernard King for third most in Nets history. Who are the two guys ahead of him? Vince Carter leads the way with 17 40 point games, and John Williamson had eight. Um, Irving also has scored 77 points in two games this season against the Celtics, which is tied for fifth most points by a player in his first two games against his former team in NBA history. Um, okay. I'm at the end of my notes, but I'm not done by a long shot. We've got to go over the Players' Championship, which are, which is taking place all weekend long. I bet on Patrick Cantley because everybody in the world was gassing this guy up, and he didn't even make the cut. Um, guys hitting balls in the water left and right. This one, uh, one of the Asian guys, um, Kevin Na had to withdraw because um, he was doing so, so badly. And then this one Asian guy on, the, on that 17th Island Green hit the ball into the water four straight times to finish with an 11. Insane. Um, I want to say 
Uh, Sergio was winning after day one, um, but he's a guy, uh, can you really ever trust him? Let me see here. Uh, let me pull it up. Okay, here we go. Lee Westwood, who I talked about, who finished runner-up to DeChambeau a week ago. He is your current leader at 9-under. He shot a 66 today. That was not even the low round. Uh, you had this guy, Kirk, who's at 7-under, shoot a 65. You have Fitzpatrick, um, who is sitting there at 8-under and is probably now a lock for top 30. That was one of those bets that everyone was jumping on. Uh, at plus 138 was Fitzpatrick to finish top 30. I should have thrown a hundo on that, um, but instead I, you know, I bit the bullet on uh, Cantley, who didn't even make the cut. Another easy one was DeChambeau to finish top 20. I think it was like plus 110. I forgot to put that bet in before the tournament started. Um, so yeah, there's some guys, uh, Sergio's there. He was even today, but he's still at seven under two shots back. Should be interesting one. Um, I mean, it's really a couple guys at the top and, but anybody can make a run like Dustin Johnson's one under, he could make a run tomorrow, go shoot six, seven under. And you never know. There's a couple days left. A bunch of guys that didn't make the cut. Let me go over this real quick. Um, the cut line was even. You had some, oh, God, some bad scores here. You had, um, let's see, who didn't make the cut? Of uh, McElroy Rory finished 10 over. He shot a 79 and a 75. Okay, you had, um, who else? Uh, Kuchar didn't make it, plus 7. Uh, Vaughn Taylor, Ricky Fowler, he's just been, I mean, he might just have to hang it up for a couple months and then come back because he's been really bad. Um, like I said, Cantley finished, he finished so strong at the end of the day to get to plus two. And then he just comes out today and he finishes plus five, just bad. Um, Snedeker Shawfully was the other guy I was going to bet on, to be honest. Um, Finau didn't make the cut, just crazy stuff. But this course, very, very difficult course to play um i want to go over there was some interesting uh stuff happening i'm not going to play the clip i'll just talk about it because i a lot of you have probably heard it patrick ewing big east tournament patrick ewing it's the house that ewing built at msg big east tournaments always at msg patrick ewing has played there a uh, bunch of times obviously as a nick you know seven foot two this man had his press conference after their upset 72-71 victory yesterday against um, Villanova. And he brought up the fact that security kept asking for his pass and that it's a little bit ridiculous and that his you know, jersey's retired up in the rafters. And he's like, I'm going to have to call Dolan and like, you know, straighten this out. Like, what the hell's going on? I mean, I, I argued with people about this, namely my dad, and um, they argued about it on the Michael K. show as well, and even this morning on Boomer and Geo, but I take this mindset. Should he have the pass out around his neck? Yes, but maybe it's just in his bag and he doesn't feel like taking it out or he's got a number of other things he's dealing with or he's holding stuff in his hands, clipboards, this, that, a bag, like He's seven foot two, Patrick Ewing. I think, as part of your job description as a security guard, you should know who you're supposed to secure, right? Like he's the coach of the team. Isn't that your job to to be security for him? And not only that, there's nobody there. There's like no fans. So how you don't know who Patrick Ewing is is just beyond me, beyond belief. But some of these audio clips were pretty funny. If you want to go listen to that, you can. But I was just. My mind was blown that they don't know who he is. I mean, wow. Um, let's get into some other stuff. You had Virginia. They are now out of the ACC tournament. I guess it's up in the air as to whether they will be in the March Madness tournament because they had a COVID case, had to drop out of the ACC tournament. Duke had a COVID case. Um, they're out. Their season is over officially. Um, Kansas out of the Big 12 tournament with a positive case in the organization. You just had Oklahoma State upsetting Baylor in the Big 12 tournament. So we'll see how that affects uh, the seeding. There'll still be a one seed, but you have Michigan and Illinois also projected one seeds. One of them, whoever wins the Big 10, should jump ahead to the second overall number one seed there. Um, let's see. Uh, Kevin Love played for the first time since December 27th today. I don't have his stats. 
Um, oh, and like I said, Jawan Howard was ejected in their 13-point win today over Maryland. That got really heated. He was going after Mark Turgeon, had to be held back. Um, let's see. Oh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, they agreed to, a, to an extension, which will keep Brady in Tampa through 2022, so it's like a one-year extension. Karis LeVert to make his Pacers debut versus the Suns following surgery. That's great. I could finally get him off the IL, my injured spot in fantasy. Um, let's see. What else? What else? What else? Um, Embiid's injury was a big one. Um, is that really it? Let me see here. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? I mean, I'll get I'll get to on this date in sports in a minute. Um, yeah, I really don't have much else. I'm sure a lot. Oh, Cam Newton, shocker of the day. The Patriots re-signed Cam Newton to I think a three-year deal, close to fourteen million dollars. I mean, this honest to God, this shocked the hell out of me. I mean, I know they're still going to go out and draft a quarterback, maybe move up, or, or there's talk that um, they could go back and get Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I mean, it, yeah, just some really crazy stuff. Um, let's see. Oh, crazy stat. Oh, I said Oklahoma State beat Baylor, right? Um, this was their sixth ranked win in the last 19 days which is the second shortest span for six ranked wins in the AP poll era. In 2010-11 season, UConn got six ranked wins in an 18-day span, which included the beginning of the NCAA tournament in their run to the national title. I did see a lot of people dark horse Oklahoma State to win it all, plus like 30-something hundred. Uh, pretty crazy. Cade uh, Cunningham, he's a stud. Third Big 12 player over the last 20 seasons with 25-5-5 and in a conference tournament game, joining Georges Niang and Alec Burks. Uh, let's see. Yeah, uh, there, you know, there's, there's... Keep an eye out all weekend. There are conference tournaments going on left and right. You have um, Florida State, FS... Uh, Florida State and UConn, they're in a tight three-point game with five minutes left to go. That's in, um, I th want to say, the semis of the ACC. You've got Iowa down to Wisconsin, 32-26, um, uh, start of the second quarter there. Um, you've got USC Colorado later tonight. I mean, there's games going on all weekend. There's golf going on. There's, I mean, spring training baseball. You've got women uh college basketball going on uh just everything is going on left right and center it's so hard to keep track of everything um just real quick i want to make sure they're saying mb uh his knee injury was a hyper extension chiefs will restructure mahomes contract i know they i they just said they dropped they just cut um eric fisher and then one of their other o linemen i believe um the thunder are trading uh hamadou giallo uh, Diallo to the Pistons uh, for Shvai uh, Mikhailuk. Um, that's the guy from uh, Kansas that played at Kansas for Bill Self. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, Eric Gordon is out four to six weeks with a groin strain. Um P.J. Tucker and the Rockets agreed to a buyout. Um, I'm not going to sit here and just uh, haphazardly look for sporting news that I missed. But last but not least, let's we're over the hour mark. Let's real quick go over on this date in sports. Um, you had, oh, God, what year was it? I want to say it was like the 2010 season or whatever it was when UConn and Syracuse went to six overtimes in the Big East tournament and just it was enthralling and and just absolutely encapsulating game we'll never see anything again like it here you go take a listen this is one of those games where I don't want to say there isn't a loser but it's a survivor Walker! 
the buzzer. Oh! They're going to wave it off. You'll have to prepare yourself now for overtime. Walker contested and will head for double overtime. Doesn't get any better. Walker for the win. Unbelievable. This is as good as I've been involved in. And he runs for three. How good is this? A nightmare for Paul Harris. Yo, Adrian could not deliver the knockout punch. Overtime number six. Robbins looks fresh as a daisy. Harris missed another time. Harris fouled and it counts. Plotting for both teams. Remarkable. I can't imagine being involved in a, in a better basketball game. Okay, yeah, that was in 09, um, and I believe Johnny Flynn had like led the way with 35 in that game. Um, I'm just seeing something real quick now. Jawan Howard, um, he spoke after his ejection, claiming he acted in self-defense after Maryland head coach Mark Turgeon charged at him. Um, I mean, nothing happened, guys. Why are we getting? Why are we blowing this out of proportion? Mark Turgeon, okay, so Mark Turgeon charged at Jawan Howard, and all Jawan Howard did was said, I'm going to kill you. I mean, we're being a little soft here. This is a non-story. First of all, ejections are awesome. Um, we don't have enough of them anymore. I want to see more coaches get ejected. How about a couple weeks ago um, when the Texas Tech coach got ejected against West Virginia. That was one of the... That was that was not only one of the funniest things I've ever seen, but it was awesome. It's so entertaining. We need more of it. Remember when baseball coaches, Bobby Cox's and Lou Pinella's of the world, um, would, would get tossed from games and kick dirt on the umpires and throw bases? I mean, that is pure entertainment. That's what we come here for. That's what we watch for. Um, and, and I have no problem with this. I wish Steve Peichel would get ejected. I wish he would have got ejected tonight with those officials, how bad they were. But anyway, guys, um, Selection Sunday coming up, the uh, closing moments of conference tournaments. I'm curious to see who wins the Big East um, and a couple others. Big Ten, obviously, toughest uh, conference in America, Pac-12. Just we're, we're at that time, special time. We didn't get this last year, so let's just really soak it in. Let's enjoy it because it's not going to be the same. Obviously, we're not going to have full-fledged fans or anything like that. But it's March Madness. Fill out your brackets. Time, you know, uh, mix and match, and this and that. Like this is great. I was so depressed when this was canceled last year, when basically this whole pandemic thing started. Um, so, with that being said, I've got to go. I will finish uploading this, get this published, hopefully in the next thirty minutes or so, because I want to watch before I go to bed and have to wake up for softball practice in the morning. I want to watch the new Tom Holland movie on Apple TV Plus. It's called Cherry, um, and it looks pretty damn good, and uh, it's like two and a half hours long. So, um, yeah, I'm looking at a long night, but hey, this is, you know, got to get the podcast out before I do anything. So I hope you guys enjoy your weekend. Uh, watch a lot of basketball. If you can, you know, get outside. Weather's supposed to be decent, uh, and just have fun and stay safe as always. Um, I'll talk to you guys next week. For another episode, uh, this is the Pody signing out.